We'll probably hear some double negatives. Probably hear some good hillbilly talk. And we'll probably hear about the love of God. Amen? Because that's what He is. It's love. Amen? So let's open our Bibles tonight to Luke 19, verse 10. This was uh, one of my mom's favorite scriptures. Now, she used it to find car keys. She used it to find anything that was lost. And people told her you can't do that, but she always had her car keys. Amen? Word works. And it's good word. Amen? But it also works for exactly why he said it. Jesus said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost, that which was lost. He came for people. He came for people that were lost. Not people, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, when you're lost, you just ain't been found yet. Amen? He's a faith God. He's not, he's not you know, he came to get what was lost. He didn't, he didn't come to get what was gone, to bring something back. from. He came to get what was already God's. Amen? He came to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus came here about people. There's another scripture that says when he looked across the multitude, he saw them harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. What Jesus saw when he came down here was people. But how he saw people was how we must see people. How, how he, his vision, his, the vision of God's love that worked through him, that, that drew people to him, is how we must see people. Amen? Because how we see people, you guys with me tonight? Yes. Is how we'll minister. Amen? And how we see people is how people will see God. Because if we see people in love, we are, we are the world's vision of God. Right? They can't see God and they don't have faith. Amen? If they don't know God, they don't have faith. And if they can't see God, what they see is us. Amen? And, and, and unfortunately, the church has shot itself in the foot a lot. Why? Because they judge instead of love. Right? <laughs> they give opinions instead of truth. Right? <laughs> and, they, and they teach to people who can't hear sometimes. Right? It's not what you know. It's what people can receive, as Brother Moore says. Amen? And there's too much of that going on. It's time to love. Amen? It's time to be a doer, to be active in what we believe. Amen? And, and to be the vision of God to the world, the true vision of God, not the one they've been getting. we got lots of people out there. You know, you got the, the people that are say they're living a gay lifestyle, and now there's AIDS, and that's God's wrath on that, on that lifestyle. That's now their vision of God. That's who they believe He is. A mean, horrible person that will kill you if you do wrong. Is that what you think God wants to be presented as? Now, I want you to think of who was the perfect image of God. Jesus. Did He ever portray that? You know who Jesus got mad at? People that said stuff like that. Yeah, that's who Jesus got mad at. He got mad at religious people who kept people away because the only way to fix somebody who believes that they're stuck in that lifestyle is to love them back, 
is to show them that there's a God that loves them and cares about them, and that's not the only truth. There's a real truth. There's something bigger than what they've known. Amen? Because guess what? That's just another form of sin. Right? When you got saved, were you in sin? Now, when, after you got saved, did you have any more sin in your life? Or right there, did it cut off and that was it for you? Amen? I can tell you right now, when I came back to God, I chewed skull, I drank beer. Hey, you guys got to love me still. I don't, it doesn't matter. Right? I, I still didn't talk with the most colorful language all the time. But I was still saved. And as I walked... And as I, as I lived and as I, as I grew in Him, those things went away. Amen. Amen? I did not continue in the sin I was in. But what if somebody would have said to me, you can't, if you can't get rid of all that, you can't be saved. Right? You know, the, then there's the old adage, catch them and then we'll clean them first. And you know what? Unfortunately, the church has almost taught many times that you've got to clean before you catch. Well, I ain't ever caught a filleted fish. Huh? No. So we want to portray who God really is. Amen? We want to be a true vision of God. Amen? We want to show people what Jesus truly preached. I'll just give you an example. Let's look at a verse. Matthew 4, verse 17. I'll give you an example of what people have seen compared to what's true. Matthew 4, 17 says, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now I've seen people on the side of the road holding signs that say, repent or you're going to hell. That is not what that verse says. That verse is not a doomsday report. That verse is a hope for the world right there. That verse is not a report that says the end is near. That verse is a verse that says the beginning is here. Amen? It's not about the end being near. It's about the beginning being here. That verse literally says change the way you thought before because the kingdom of heaven is really here now. God's way of doing and being is now here on the earth. Let me show you something different. Amen? That's what that verse says. It says, let me show you who God really is. Why did it mess with the religious people so bad when Jesus came? Because this is what He preached. Right? And the Pharisees and that, they, they preached the, the God of judgment, the God of mean, the God that will hit you on the head, the God, the God that don't, don't talk to you. Well, of course He didn't talk to them. They weren't no fun. Besides that, they had their own agenda. Religious people have their own agenda. Well, we don't want to become those. Do you guys want to become those? Well, I'll tell you the quickest way to become those is sit in church and never use the things that God shows you for anybody but you. That's one way to become religious. Why? Because it's selfish. (laughs) That's one way, guys. The other way is to take the Word, twist it, and do all kinds of things, right? But the way that the church has to watch out is by getting complacent and, and, and getting, to, getting a, a selfish faith, getting a, a gospel of me. Amen? 
and living the life of me. In other words, we could come in this church and, li- and, and raise our hands and shout during the songs and, and it'd be all good. And what do we do when we leave here, though? When we leave here, who are we? Better yet, when we leave here, what do we see? How do we see people? What is our true vision? And are we seeing in love? Amen? I, I, a friend sent me a video several months ago, a YouTube video, and I don't normally watch them when they send them to me. I clicked on it and watched it, and it was pretty cool. So I'm going to show it real quick. Devin, you got a video for us? It's short, so let's watch it real quick. Every time I'm pulling out, he's right there. Man, and someone needs to talk to his parents if they're ever at home. What is up with the traffic today? It's always, every day, this intersection's always crowded. I hate pulling out of here. We need some of these dumb roads. Oh, there's... <laughs> okay, so I'm not even here. Right. Great lady. The princess of parking. Oh, sure. Take the spot. Way to be considerate. Oh, are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Oh. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, it's about time. Let's see, what do I want? Uh, yeah, can I add a cookie to that order? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, no problem, only guy in the world. I'm sure you need your cookie. The world? Your oyster, and he's serving our cookies. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. What can I get for you? Uh, yeah, I'll have a tall decaf macchiato. Yeah, sure, no problem. $3.85. And uh, it might take a few minutes here. We've got quite a line, obviously, and thanks for your patience. Great. Yeah, <laughs> great. Great for me. Waiting again. Unbelievable. What? What am I supposed to do? How can I how can I do anything about that? Can I even help with that? I don't your copy, sir. Oh. I, I can't I can't take this anymore. I gotta get out of here. Hey, watch it.
Hey, buddy. Come here. I don't know who did that video, but it changed the way he acted when he changed the way he saw. Amen? And when we see people through the eyes of love and through what, through what God sees many times and, and refuse to see their action more than what their action reveals. Amen? Because you know what? Pulling into somebody's parking place, every one of us have probably got mad because somebody did that. You know, we've yelled in traffic. But you don't know what somebody's thinking. We don't know what, what somebody's been through. We don't know what they're dealing with right now. Whether they're dealing with nothing or whether they're dealing with something, we don't know. But we do know that we have answers inside of us. And we have the ability to love people which fixes all things. Amen? It doesn't mean that he was called to every one of those people. Right? But he had one that he, he, he helped, didn't he? Why? Because it changed his vision. And he began to look for opportunities to be something more than he was, just a complainer about the situation. Amen? And when we begin to see things the way God sees them, when Jesus stepped out and he looked over that crowd and he said they're helpless and harassed like a sheep without a shepherd, I don't think he was looking at a bunch of people that were sick and down and beaten down. I don't think I think he was looking at a crowd that probably was laughing and playing. But what did he see? He saw what they didn't have. Amen. And he and he saw what they didn't have, and he knew he could provide it. Amen? It didn't make him sad. It moved him to action. Because what did it say? It moved him with compassion. And it moved him to action. It's not that it should make you sad. It should make you on fire. It should build you up. And it should cause that desire in you to do more than you've been doing. It, it, right? To, to be more than you've been being. It should cause you, it should cause the love of God to rise up in you and to look for opportunities to do things. And every one of us have been there and, and may be there today, okay? I'm not saying you're not there. Don't get mad at me. Amen? But it's too easy to get complacent. It's too easy to find excuses not to help. It's too easy to walk out of church and not be who God's called us to be because it's not about what you can get in church. It's about what you can do with what you got in church. Amen? What can you do with it? And not just for you, but for the multitudes. Amen? Because there's people out there hurting. And people are saying, well, yeah, that's me. I'm hurting. You guys should be helping me. No, you need to listen in the service and don't listen about you. Listen for you. Amen? <laughs> yeah. yeah, because you're the saved, which makes you the healed, which makes you the prosperous, which makes you the rich, which makes you the peaceful. Right? So, you know, I have people all say time say yeah i'm just a poor believer no <laughs> you ain't a poor believer <laughs> you, you, you may be poor or you may be a believer but you ain't both amen right because once you become a believer poor is no longer amen so we got to become who we are so that we can let people see who god truly is people who know god is good like we do who hear about it 
every week. We want to make sure that when we leave these doors, we are that vision of what we just heard. Amen? We don't want to be complacent. We don't want to be religious. Amen? We want to be like God. Look at Matthew 5, 44. What's God like? What is God like? Matthew 5, 44. NIV. No, King James. Let's read King James. We'll, we'll try to read King James. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be, go ahead to the next verse, that you may be children of your Father which is in heaven, for He makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. And He sends rain on the just and the unjust. Guess what? It's not raining just because you're here. Right? No. You know, I always say, I always say you know, well, I'm here. God's going to do something good. He's going to do something good regardless because that's what He does. Now, who recognizes it is the just. Who recognizes it is the good. But He still sends the rain. It doesn't matter who they are. He sends the rain. Whether the farmer goes to church or whether the farmer doesn't go to church, God sends the rain. Why? Because He loves the just and He loves the unjust. He loved me when I was unjust and He loved me after He justified me. Amen? That's the God we serve. That's who He wants us to be like. That's who He wants us to uh, give a vision of to the world, right? We, if, we, if we only... Well, he even says it in the next verse. For if you love them that love you, what reward have you? The publicans do that. You know, anybody can love people who love them, right? Anybody can love somebody who gives you the parking place. Anybody can love somebody who lets you in place in line. You know, that's the nice person. Can you love the person that cut in line? Can you love the person that took your parking place? Can you love the person that, that said you're a fake, the one that called you a phony because you just needed a crutch, that's why you're a Christian, and, and they talk bad about you. And they, Can you love that person? Right? Because you know why they're that way? Because they've, they've, they haven't heard about the true God. They haven't heard about the one that preached the kingdom of God, the one that said repent. They heard about the one that said, you better ask forgiveness because you're going to hell if you don't. That's the one they heard about. They heard about the religious God, not the true God, the good God that we serve. Amen? And, and, and the God we serve is the one that we want to project. And it's also the one we want to act like. Right? In every situation, we want to act like God. Jesus wouldn't have told us to do it if we could not. Amen? So we can do it, right? <laughs> yeah, we're going to get there. We're starting a little slow, but we are going to get there, I'll guarantee you. Amen? Amen. Look at Luke 10. We're going to be doers of God's Word. And being a doer of God's Word is not just standing on it so you can get what you need. That is not being a doer of God's Word. Being a doer of God's Word is helping people out when they need help. Right? Everybody says, yeah, I need money. I sure hope somebody's a doer tonight. 
Maybe you need to be a doer because, again, you ain't listening. <laughs> You're listening to get something. Well, get what I'm saying. Because doers receive everything that God has. Amen? And they don't do it to receive. They receive because they do it. Amen? Because we got too many people working to get instead of getting to work. <laughs> right? We get to work here at Faith Life Church. We get to serve God. Right? We're, we're not working to get something from God. We're, we get to work. Amen? And, and that's, that's, where, that's where we want to be. We want to get, get rid of this selfish religion that's all about who? Me. Amen. You guys know the story of the Good Samaritan, right? Let's look at, let's look at Luke, start about verse 27. Jesus had uh, asked this man what, what was the greatest law, I guess, or he'd ask him and got an answer. And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. That sums up everything, doesn't it? Jesus even said that. He said, if you do that, all the rest of it is cake. Why? Because in doing this, you've done everything else. If you do this, you will fulfill everything else He's asked you to do. Right? You won't covet. Right? You'll fulfill the Ten Commandments if you do this. Right? Because if you love somebody, you won't kill them, will you? Right? You, you won't steal their horse. <laughs> right? You, you'll do good to them. Right? So if you do this, you'll fulfill. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. Do this and you shall live. Of course, that wasn't good enough for this person because this was a religious person. <laughs> right? And he, willing to justify himself, said, Well, who is my neighbor? In other words, who should I love? Right? Isn't that really what he asked? He said, who should I love? That's, that's what he said. And so Jesus immediately gave him something to think about. You know, it's easy to say, Jesus could have just said, you know, you need to love whoever needs love at the time. And, and they could have ended it right there, right? But Jesus knew they needed more. He knew that we needed more. And so he put it in a parable. Amen? And he gave us more. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. <clears throat> well, I don't know what he did. He must have sinned bad and missed it. Huh? Wasn't that what people would say today? wonder what he did wrong. Well, he shouldn't have been on that road anyway. What was he thinking? No wonder he got robbed. That's crazy getting out on that road. And that was a dangerous road at that time. Or they'd have been like the Pharisees saying, oh, he sinned. That's why that happened to him. Any of those answers love? Any of those answers going to help him after he's been stripped and, and laying it half dead in the ditch? But those are the religious answers you'll get. Those are reasons not to help. Right? That's why the blind man in John 9 was blind even when he was older. Because... Why? Because the church said you've sinned. That's why you were born blind. Right? They never found a reason to love him. They never found a reason to change it. Right? They didn't find any reason to do something different. They found religion. And religion said you sinned, therefore you were born blind, therefore blind you'll be. Until Jesus came along. Right? 
Now, when Jesus came along, love came along. And love saw it differently. And love fixed it. Right? Because that's what love does. And, and, in, this, and in this story, this is the, it's a very similar situation. He's, he's laying half dead in the ditch. And by chance, there came in verse 31, and by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Not only did he pass by him, it's like this guy's on his side over here, and he goes like this. So not only am I not going to help him, I'm going to go so I can't see him real good to make sure that, uh, that I don't even have to help him. I, I don't want it pulling on my emotion. I don't want nothing. But you know what? i got stuff to do. I'm the priest, and i got to get where I'm going. I'm a pretty important religious man, and i got to get where I'm going because I'm a priest. Amen? And i got things to do. Aren't you glad you all have never done that? Well, I have, so let me tell on myself. <laughs> me and Rick used to teach Bible studies. And uh, I lived in Nixa, and so most of our Bible studies were in that area. But I worked down here. And so uh, I had to get from work back to Springfield to have Bible study. So I'm pulling out one day, and I'm running late because people had held me up. <laughs> kind of like this guy on the video. People had held me up. And so I'm driving a little crazy anyway, trying to get, you know, trying to get through that traffic. And this van with a with a, a woman and kids in it starts sputtering right in front of me. <laughs> starts sputtering and spitting, and 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 it can't even get off the road. It don't got enough power. And I'm like, out of my mouth, I said, "What are you doing, bringing that thing out of the driveway? You're in my way. Don't you know I've got to get to Bible study." Glory to God. Doesn't that bless you that, that the guy up here preaching to you said that? Aren't you glad there's mercy? And I, I went, she got just a little bit off the side of the road, and I whipped around her, man. I was in a hurry, and I got about 20 yards from her, and God stopped me. He said, what are you doing? And I thought, oh, my goodness, what did I just do? He said, turn around and go back and help. Thank God that I could hear him after being that stupid. (laughs) That is the mercy of God, people. That is the mercy of God. Glory to God. And I turned around and I went back. And by the time I got there, somebody had already stopped with a gas can, had pushed them off the road, and had, had gotten any form of a blessing that I might have gotten. And I had to go teach Bible study after that. Rick taught most of that night. <clears throat> I got out of condemnation and received my forgiveness. But how easy was it for me to slip into that mode of, hey, I've got stuff to do for God. I can't help you. What? What are you doing for God if you can't help people? You're not doing anything. What you're doing is valueless. Is that a word? Because it is tonight. And if you're, if you're not helping people, then what you are doing has zero value in the kingdom of God because that's who Jesus came, was to seek and save those that are lost. 
Amen? And if we're not helping people, then we're not helping. And I'm not talking about helping people in the church. Yes, help your brothers and sisters. Yes, pray ye one for another. Yes, love one another and take care of one another. Yes, but do not quit there. That, that is, we've got too many people in the church that are pulling in when we should be reaching out. Amen? And, and I'm, and <laughs> don't get mad at me. Right? We're, we're learning to love, not so I can love you. <laughs> I love you guys and you love me. And, and pretty much you have to. <laughs> right? We're learning to love so that we can love the unlovely. Right? The version of the Bible in Luke where we talked about loving your enemies, praying for those despiteful you, he said, our God is kind to the unthankful. And then he said, be merciful as he's merciful. That's our God. Amen? We serve a merciful, kind God to those who don't deserve it. To those who don't love Him back. Guess what? You didn't give Him warm fuzzies when He first met you. Amen? Why? Because He loved us when we were yet His enemy. He loved us in. Right? You know, that's what we want to do with people. We want to love them in. We want to draw people with that love. Amen? We can't walk around people and draw. You can't walk by them and be quiet all the time and, 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 and forget that they need to be loved. Forget that they need to be helped. They may not, you know what? That, that could be, they could be spiritually been robbed. Right? People say, well, how so? Somebody's lied to them and told them God killed their baby. They were spiritually robbed. Somebody lied to them and said, must be God's will because it happened. Then they've been spiritually robbed. And they've been left on the side of the road half dead. Why? Because they don't know whether God's it, it, there is a God. And if He is, they don't think they want to serve Him because somebody's told lies about Him and they have to believe it because they don't know anything else because we walked over here. Because we had to get to Bible study to teach people that already knew that you should stop and help somebody on the side of the road. Right? <laughs> I knew. Don't ever do that. It makes you feel really icky too. <laughs> and icky is a word, and it makes you feel icky. Amen? So the priest, he's the top dog. Don't got to stop. Got things to do. You ain't on the agenda. He may even look. Eh, time for hurt people. Nope, not on the agenda today. You get no help. So he went on by. Likewise, an usher, a cleaning team member, hmm? an altar care worker, Dave. That's what a Levite is. That's the helps, right? Hmm. Let's see how much help he was. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. So now Wayne's doing it. Guy's hurting in the ditch. He's, Wayne's walking around. 
Glory to God in the highest. Ooh. Ooh. Glory to God over Glory to God. i got to go serve at the church. Got some ushering things to do. Sorry about that little situation, but i got usher stuff to do. i got things to do. Sorry about that little mishap for you. Be warm and filled. Hmm? Glory to God. This was the church helps people. Don't we can't get you know what? Serving is great. Serving in the church is great. And yes, it should be. But no, that's not your only service to the Lord. If we're not serving people, then we're not serving God. Right? You can mow the lawn every week. But if you ain't helping nobody, you need to find something. You, you, we're missing opportunities, guys. We, we can't become complacent with because we get this great teaching every week and it's something new and fresh and, and glory to God. It's anointed. And, and, we, and we sit here and we listen to it and we're like, oh, that is so good. That is life-changing. Who's life? Just mine? What am I doing with it? Right? I don't, and I'm not saying go, I'm going to go out and preach it to everybody. I'm going to go out and live it. Amen? I'm going to get excited about it. Not just excited because it can do something for me. When, when we got excited about the Word of God and started teaching Bible studies, we, we would teach two and three hours. And, and, and some of the people that are here would come and listen to us for two or three hours and talk about the Bible. And you know what we did when we got home? I'd call Rick and we'd talk about the Bible some more. Why? Because we were so excited about the things of God and about the, the, the things that it was changing in other people's lives and how it was driving us to do and be more than we'd ever been. Amen? Do you remember that time when, 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 when one verse could spark a two-hour Bible study? Huh? Still can. It still can. I see it happen all the time in this church. People come here, they'll come to be on the cleaning team. Next thing you know, they're sitting over here on a bench and they're talking about the Lord. Why? Because He's exciting. And He's doing good things. And, and when we leave here, we can tell someone else. Amen? Because it's not just for us. It's for anyone who will listen. Amen? It's for the guy that just got beat and is on the side of the road. Amen? That's who the Word's for. It's not just for me. God didn't put it in me for me. He put it in me to go through me. Amen? It's to go through us. We are a conduit. Right? We're not a dam. Right? We, 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 want to, we want His Word and His love to go in us and through us to others at all times. When we see somebody hurting, we want to know that we have what they need. Right? We want to know that we are who's to be there. Right? Don't, we don't want to take it for granted. Right? 
And people say, boy, it's just weird that I was there. No, it's not weird. God's putting opportunity after opportunity after opportunity before our eyes to minister, but we have to see in love to do it. Because ministry without love has no value and it will not help them. I don't care how many scriptures you give them, if you don't love them, they ain't changing. And their situation's not changing. Amen? God's using us to to show Himself to the world. We've got to allow Him to do that. How's that? (laughs) By not being like these first two guys. Because people are hurting. Guess what? Anybody that don't have God is hurting. You know, you may be sitting out there tonight and saying, you know what? I don't have nothing. You got God. You are saved. You could, you could minister to a billionaire. Why? Because you have more than he has. You've got more than he has. You've got peace. You've got joy. And you've got ability beyond his, his wildest dreams. Amen? We have everything we need to be true ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ in every situation and every opportunity that He gives us. Amen? And we're the people that should do it. Right? Why? Because you're going to tell them God's good. Right? Do you want somebody ministering to somebody that doesn't tell them that? I mean, can you imagine somebody sitting there half dead on the side of the road and somebody finally does walk up to him and said, Man, you're stupid. You, what were you doing on this road? Well, probably it was God's plan for you to be on this road. Therefore, God's plan for you to be beaten half dead and, and stripped naked. And uh, so this is probably God's plan. So you know what? This, that's the God we serve. And, and He's sovereign. And because He's sovereign, bad things are going to happen to you. And they're there to teach you things. You know what? The other half of him's getting ready to die. Why? Because they just killed him. Right? They didn't give him any hope. People that believe God's good bring hope. They bring love into the picture. They bring faith and they bring hope. And, and they, they, they begin to fix the situation, not to tear it back down. And when we use the Bible and verses... <laughs> To, to justify wrong? No. God's good and He don't change. People say, well, what about this? What about this? What about this and that? God says He's good and He does good. If, it, if it's contrary to that or even appears contrary to that, admit you don't understand it and go on. Don't try to figure it out until God shows it to you. Because it doesn't, if you try, if you read the Bible from man's perspective, you will learn the Bible from man's perspective. And you'll believe that God hurt Job. Right? Why? Because you're reading it from Job's perspective. Why? Well, it says Job was good, he eschewed evil, and all the days of his life God said he was righteous, and, and, and God said to the, the devil, Go, he's all yours. That's not what God said. God said, look. The word behold means look. He's within your power. We're not going into Job. We'll have a whole other study started. 
But that's the problem. People, people want to take their problem and say, okay, now I see I'm like Job. God's turned, turned the devil loose on me. Well, be like Job and get out of it. Right. Amen? Right. Glory to God. People, if they read it from God's perspective, then God can show you what He's truly saying. Amen? Right? <laughs> okay, I'll give you another example. Go to the Old Testament. And it says, if you do this, you'll have life. And, and good things will happen to you. And if you don't do this, you won't. What's he saying? If you do this, I can take care of you. If you do that, I can't. Right? What's he say? He says, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Right? Why is he saying? Because the opposite of blessing is curse. If you don't choose blessing, curse is coming. He didn't create dark. He eliminated dark. Right? <laughs> well, I'm getting some funny looks. Right? When light came, dark comprehended it not. Right? Because there was light. Right? Had there been no light, there would have been no dark. <laughs> right? Had there been no good, there wouldn't have been an opposite of good. You guys with me? God does good things and there is an opposite of good. Right? It's, it's called how most people are living. Right? Yeah, they're, they're living in the curse. Why? Because they don't know God. Right? People that know God are living in the blessing. Amen? It's not that God wants them in the curse. He'd pull the blessing right on top of them if they'd just come. Does this make sense? But we have to change the way we think because if we don't change the way we think, we're going to portray God as somebody who will, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. God did not say that. Job did. Huh? I'll stop there. It's another study. Glory to God. The Levite came to that place. He passed by on the other side. This was the usher. This was the cleaning team. This was the parking lot guys. This was the people that work in the church. Amen? This is the people that heard the word every week, weekend. This is Wayne. I don't know what you were thinking about, man. Wayne wouldn't do that. Glory to God. But a certain Samaritan, his enemy, a, world, a person that hated him, a person that he hated, a person that he would never go near, he wouldn't go in their city, he wouldn't come around them, they wouldn't eat together, they wouldn't talk together, they wouldn't walk together, they wouldn't be seen with each other. Remember the woman at the well? Remember what the disciples did when they walked up and saw Jesus with her? They were like, What? Jesus is with a Samaritan woman. Oh my gosh. Why? Because they didn't do that. Samaritans, they stayed away from them. Why? That's their enemy. Enemy. This is who stopped. This is who said, I'll help. 
This was love to that man. Amen? This, it says this Samaritan, as he journeyed, came there where he was, saw him and did what? Had compassion on him. This is what love does. It doesn't matter if you're my enemy. Love fixes you. What what the verse say? Love your enemies. Pray for those. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. This is what this Samaritan was doing. Amen? Because that was his enemy. There was no reason for him to stop and help that guy. No reason in, in his flesh for him to do this. But love wouldn't let him not do it. There's some good English for you. <clears throat> right? You guys still with me? He had compassion on him. Love fixes and it doesn't judge. Right? What if he'd have walked in there and he said, not a Samaritan, Jew, forget it. I ain't helping him. He ain't helped me. I wouldn't spit on him if he were on fire. You ever heard somebody say that? Well, I have, and I thought, man, you really don't like him. If you ever say that about me, warn me first. Because I want to try and love you at least a little bit so you can love me back. Right? That's what he was taught. That was, that was what he was taught from birth, was to hate that person. But the love of God compelled him. Compassion moved him while he was yet his enemy to help him. Amen? Sounds like a picture of Jesus to me. Amen? Love doesn't hold a grudge. Right? Right? Why? Because it sees things differently. It didn't see who he was. It saw what he needed. Hmm? we got to quit seeing who the people are and seeing what they need. Because when we see who they are, we say, oh, they've wasted it. They've missed it so many times they couldn't get back if they climbed the ladder. They're not, it's not going to work out for them. We've got to quit seeing who they are. We've got to quit seeing what they've done. We've got to start seeing what God says to do for them. He's not always going to tell you to fix it. He isn't. You know, the hardest thing to do is to not fix it. Right? The hardest thing to do is when you got a hundred bucks and they need a hundred bucks and God says, do not give them a hundred bucks. And you're like, but yeah, God, this would fix them and they'd be happy again and they'd get that ugly old frown off their face and better yet, they'd leave me alone. <laughs> that ain't love, is it? But it's so many times what we do. Right? Because that ain't fixing nothing. That's just getting rid of the problem. Right? Now, when God tells you how to fix it, that's how you move and fix it. Amen? And, and He'll tell you a thousand different things. He may tell you completely something different than you thought you should do, but it fixed it. Right? And you've got to trust Him. He's smarter than we are. Amen? But, lo but love has the ability to do whatever it needs. Right? I still had the hundred bucks. Right? doesn't mean I couldn't have fixed it with 100 but I had the ability. Remember I told you the story about the guy that used to go to the church we went to before? And when, it was, when, when they predicted a big snowstorm, everybody else was parking their cars in the garage, he was getting his out. And he was loading in ropes and chains and, and 
water and food and, and first aid kits and anything it would take to help somebody that was stranded and going out on the road. Why? Because that's what love does. It's always prepared to help, you know, because you got too many people that will go by and say, oh, I'd love to help them, but I got, no, I got no help for them. People who love, always looking for opportunities, always prepared. Amen? They're always prepared. If they don't have 100 bucks that morning, they, they pray and they say, okay, God, give me whatever I need to help in whatever situation you're going to bring me across because I don't have the money today, but I've got this. i got time. Right? You know, those other two, they didn't have time. The first thing this man gave up was his time. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest one, right? Especially if you're working at the church. Man, I got stuff going on, you know, BVC's coming up. I can't really help you with your flat tire. I'm sorry. Time. This man took his time. He, he had an agenda. He had somewhere he was going or he wouldn't have been on that road. First thing he took was his time. What else did he take? It says he went and saw him, had compassion on him. Verse 34, he went to him. That's quite the opposite of the other two who went away from him. You, you, now let me give you, let me make sure that we're all awake here. Went away, not love. Went to love. So if you find yourself going away, stop yourself. Remember the lady in front of me with the gas and... I went around her. And when I found myself doing that, God arrested me and said, go back and go to her. Love goes to people. Love goes where they're hurting. Love isn't afraid if their house don't have carpet in it, if their house has dirt floors. People say, well, they don't have no houses. Yeah, they got lots of houses. They got houses in Springfield, Missouri that still have dirt floors in them. And we used to go pick up kids from them and bring them out and, and love on them for a day. So I know they have dirt floors. I've been to them. I've been to houses that have carpet piled on top of carpet, hiding the dirt on the carpet underneath it. Picked up their kids and took them and loved them. Amen? What if I'd have stood at the door and said, can you send your kid out here? Ooh, ooh, ooh. You got fleas. Ooh. That's so icky. Sometimes you got to walk in. Right? Sometimes you got to touch the leper. Right? Glory to God. He gives us grace. And courage at that point. <laughs> he went to him. He went where he was. He didn't say, if you could just crawl over to me, I'd help you. No, he went to him. A lot of people say, well, he couldn't come to him. What if he could have? Would that have been okay? Well, I know your leg's broke, but you could crawl. You know, if you just make a little effort, come on. He was only, You're only half dead. Come on, let's get the rest of that going. No, he went all the way 
to him on the side of the road and bound up his wounds. Next thing he did was he took his bandages. Probably, I don't know if he had bandages. He, he obviously did. He, he, he got something and bandaged up this man's wounds. And he had oil and wine. Sounds to me like this man's been on this road before. Huh? That's somebody who's ready to help. That's somebody who's prepared. That's somebody whose, whose heart had already made them willing to do so. Amen? They didn't have to decide if they were going to help the guy once they got there. They'd already decided before they saw him. Amen? That's the way you got to be. Your heart already has to be to a place where love is leading it. Amen? So when he woke up in the morning, he packed his donkey with bandages and oil and wine and the things it would take to help somebody had they needed it. People say, well, God probably showed him. You know what? I think he just loved people. It doesn't say God showed him. I think he went that way every day and was ready any time. Why? Because that's what love does. Amen? Love is looking for opportunities to love. That's what love does. It can't do anything else. Right? People say, I wonder what else love does. It loves. What, what do you need? That's what it does. You need it to die for you? That's what it did. You need it to heal your body? That's what it did. What did you need love to do? It did it. Amen? Because that's what love does. Love brings everything it needs to the situation. With the love of God, we have that ability in us all the time. People come to you, and, and, and you've got to trust God. People are going to come to you, and they're going to tell you things that you wished you hadn't heard. But God has put it in you to help them. But you've got to get past judging them first. You've got to get past, oh, I can't believe Oh, you did what? You know? You got you got to stagger back, step back up, and say, "Hey, hey, hey, hey! God can fix anything. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter who you called names. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You got to step up and you got to say, "Hey, God still loves you, right?" And you got to start pouring in the oil and the wine, Amen. And you got to start helping them. And you don't preach at them. Right? <laughs> Don't tell them what you know. Tell them what they need to hear. Because what you know ain't what they need to hear. Just because you read the whole Bible don't mean they have. And they ain't going to understand it today. Right? Hmm? If somebody, if somebody skinned their knee or twisted their ankle, what do they need? They need, they need help up. They need help walking, right? Might give them one verse. Came to set a liberty, those who are bruised. They'll say, what? You say, oh, Jesus was bruised for you. Came to set you at liberty. You don't have to be bruised. You can be healed. Yes. Then stop. Don't preach. Why? You're going to lose them. You just gave them more than a mouthful, right? They're going to spit anything else out, right? You ever fed a baby? You give more than one spoonful, the rest of that. That's why you have that spoon. You just keep wiping it up off their chin because you gave them more than they could put in their mouth. Huh? If you really give them too much, they'll spit it on you. Same way. 
Right? We want to help, but we want to help just the right amount. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. yeah, we want we want to go overboard, but we don't want we don't want to get offensive. Amen? Give them too much. You guys still with me? He went to him, bound up his wound, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own donkey. Now the guy's got to walk? What in the world? This love stuff is getting out of hand. At the very least, he could have drug him along the back or something so he could erode. Not only do I have to use up my good oil, my good wine used up all my band-aid. Now if I get hurt, I got nothing for myself. Mine, 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 and nothing for me. Hmm. What a neat paragraph. Nope. He took him up, flopped him on his donkey, and began walking. Who was once riding is now walking. And who hated him and he hated is on his donkey being loved. You reckon that guy felt the same way about Samaritans later on that day? He probably felt pretty bad about the priest and Levites, though. So he was only half dead. He saw him. Huh? He saw him. I bet he didn't feel real good about the church today. wasn't the church, it was the people. The people are an image, a vision of the church. You know, people want people to come into the church and be saved. They ain't coming because they've seen church people. You know, I've got a joke with Brother Keith Matthews here. He always says, he says, maybe you'll go down front today. I say, I don't know, I don't like all those churchy people. It's a joke, but too many people say it. Huh? Why? Because there's churchy people out there. That's not godly. That's churchy. Right? You can get so involved in church, you forget all about God. You can get so involved in doing and being who you are in the church that you forget to even be a Christian. Hmm? Not us. We're the Samaritan. We don't care what they've been doing. We don't care who they've been. I don't care how many husbands they had. I don't care how many wives they've had. I don't care how many times they missed it. I don't care how many times they've called people bad names. I don't care how many companies they've bankrupted. I don't care how many times they've lied and cheated. Why? Because I was them. (laughs) I was them. Amen? You were them, right? Well, we're not going to get very far in this message, are we? Glory to God. You've got to be humble. You've got to remember who you were, right? You know, one thing that the Samaritan knew is what if he were there? He'd sure hope that guy helped him, right? Why? Because love that, that's the way love is. Love not only helps, it knows how to help and be helped. Amen? Love will teach you. Love, love will lead you. Love will take you places and, and to levels that you've never been. But you have to see in love before you, you can be the hands of God. 
You have to see in love. You have to see what, what they've been through. You've got to see where they've been. You've got to, you've got to believe to, to not judge. Right? It's too easy to judge. The church is judged. It says, oh, you're gay, you'll get AIDS. Oh, you, you've committed adultery, no wonder God's not helping you. Oh, how many wives have you had? No, you'll never get any help. How many husbands? What, what have you done this? Why'd you do that? You, how many years have it been since you've been to church? And I bet you've never read your chapter. <laughs> Love doesn't ask any of those questions. It will never ask those questions. And it will never decide on whether you get help by the answers that you give to those questions. Why? Because it will never ask the questions. Right? We can't look at the world and wonder why they're sinning and decide whether we're going to love them because they sinned. They're sinners just like you were when you were in the world. That's what we did. And we were proficient at it. I didn't even have to practice. And I could get up in the morning and do whatever I wanted all day long without any thought of anyone else and do it good. Huh? Was anybody else good at sinning? Was it easy? Yeah. (laughs) So why should I look at somebody that's been in sin and wonder how they got there? The same way I got there. Guess how you get out? The same way I got out. Same amount of blood. Amen? Look at 1 Corinthians 9. Is this all right tonight? It's a little different than I've taught before, isn't it? The Lord's helping us, though. First Corinthians nine. Start about verse nineteen. Paul said, Though I am free, I belong to no man. I'm reading the NIV by the way, yeah. That way I can read it. Though I am free, I belong to no man. I make myself a slave or a servant to everyone to win as many as possible. What's he do? Makes himself a servant to anyone so he might win as many as possible? What's he saying? I love whoever will let me so I can win them to Christ. Amen? To the Jews I become like a Jew to win the Jews. To those, who are under, to those under the law I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. What's he saying? I tell them that I've been where they're at. Right? I tell them that I'm a Jew. I've believed what you believed. You don't make you don't put yourself higher than them. You can't you can't be up here and expect somebody down here to listen to you. Why? Because I'm over them now. I'm better than they are. I'm judging them. But he became who they were. Why why am I not afraid to tell you I was a proficient sinner? Because I was. And if I come to a sinner who wants to be saved, I'll tell him how proficient I was and I'll tell him how good I feel now that I'm saved and how God delivered me from all that stuff. Amen? Amen. And how he doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'll become who he was or who he is. 
I won't, he, Paul's not saying I become, I quit believing in Jesus. I become a Jew. No, that's not what he's saying. He said, I, I, I get on their level. I'll preach to them right where they're at, no matter what they say. Amen? If you're not going to get on their level, you're not going to get to them. Right? Nobody cares what you know till they know that you care. Right? We've said it before. Somebody else said that a long time ago, and it's a good thing to say. It's not a scripture, but it's right. Amen? To those unrelated, i got to find where I was now. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. I became, though I'm, I am not free from God's law, but under Christ's law. So to win those not having the law. Verse 22. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak. What's he saying there? Did, did Paul lose his strength so that he, no he showed him he was he was flesh too yeah. you know what i could have messed up just like you did mm-hmm. in fact is i did mess up just like you did mm-hmm. but good news god saved me yeah. and he'll save you just like he saved me yeah. right he's a good god let, let me tell you about my good god the one that saves you from your own destructions. Let me tell you about a good God. Let me tell you about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about good news. Don't come to Him and say, Man, you are so weak. I can't believe you've done all this. I'm free from that because God took me and made me free. That's God did this for me. No. He did do it for you, but you you got to come down and, and remind, remember that He did it for you. You did nothing to deserve it. And they don't have to either. And to the weak, He became weak so that He might win the weak. He became all things to all men, right? Isn't that what it says? It says, I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessing. Did I just skip a verse? Yeah. I have, become, I have become all things to all men so that all, by all possible means I might save some. What's he saying? I become the Samaritan. I, what do they need? That's what I'm going to have. Do they need bandages? Do they need wine? Do they need oil? What do they need? That's where I'm going to meet them. I'm going to meet them where they're at. Amen? That's where you've got to meet people. Right? You know, Paul is talking of this whole thing starts because he's, he's building tents to support his own ministry. He's, he's giving the gospel at no charge. That's how this whole thing started. You know, people don't think that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. I remember one time we were at, uh, we, with the kids we worked at, the ones that we went and got them out of their houses that didn't have floors in them and stuff. And, and we had them all together and uh, we were talking to them. And, they, and we, look, we looked at them and we said, why do you guys think we do this every month? And they said, almost in unison, they looked at us and they said, you get paid. They believed that we got paid to love them. And when we said, no, we don't get paid at all, we love you. It changed their vision of love. Why? Because... We didn't get paid to love them. We just did it. Why? Because every place else they'd been, the people there got paid to keep them, paid to play with them, paid to love them. Why? Because they were daycare kids. Right? 
They went to the boys' club, every, boys and girls' club every day, and that's who took care of them. And the people there that were nice to them were getting paid to be nice to them. And that's what they believed. But we gave them the gospel at no charge. And they looked at us like, what? You come here because you want to? Yeah. We want to. We want to. That's what we got to do when we help the world. We got to show them we want to. We want to be there. We're not going around them. We're not going to the side. We want to be there. God's giving, get, given us everything we need to help you, and we want to be there. What can we do for you? That's the opportunities we have day in, day out, outside these church walls. Right? We can't get caught inside the walls all the time. Right? Amen? You guys with me? First, Second Peter. What do we need to be productive every day for God? What do we need? Tell you what, let's go a different direction at it. Go to Revelation 2. We'll go back to 2 Peter. I can tell you right now, I don't preach out of the book of Revelation. (laughs) Or Ecclesiastes. (laughs) And I found myself in both recently. Glory to God. Because there's good things in there. Revelation 2. Verse 1, he's talking to the church of Ephesus. Verse 2, he says, I know your works. I know your labor and your patience and how you can't bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them that say they're apostles and are not and has found them liars. He said, man, I know that about you. I know every one of those things about you. He didn't say whether that was good or bad, did he? He just said, I know that. You know, a lot of people look at that and say, oh, yeah, that's good. They labor and they're patient. Mm -mm -mm. Good, good, good. Maybe it was sound doctrine, right? We should not like evil things, right? We don't want to bear evil things, right? We want to be patient, right? What gives it value? What gives everything I just mentioned value? Love. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 3, Thou hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake has labored and not fainted. Oh, man, that's good stuff. Nevertheless, God's good at that, though. You know, He'll tell you what you're doing right. Why? Because He's love. You know what? He wants to hit you with something good first. So he'll tell you what you're doing right. And say, you've done this and this, and that's good. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. What's he saying? What, what good is works and labor and patience? Right? What are you doing? You can't stand them that are evil. What are you doing about it? Right? You, if you get into religion and you get into church and you get into churchy things, then you lose your first love. 
And, and you begin to hate evil. Oh, oh, I hate that. Oh, that's so evil. I hate that. I don't want to be anywhere near that. I can't, I can't stand that evil. Right? Can't standing evil is not going to fix it. Good English. Not being able to stand evil is not going to fix it. Right? Love is going to fix it. What gives those things value? Love. If you, if you lose your first love, then you're not going to do anything about, you know what? Your labor is in vain. Why are you now doing it? It's works. Right? It becomes works. Everything's, I'm patient and I've endured. Why? So you could say you were patient and endured. Well, good for you. Grab your star on the way out. Right? They'd lost their first love. Right? That's the priest and the Levite. You know, it'd been easy for the priest to say, I'm patient. I don't. I hate evil. There's evil there. I got to stay away from that. You know, I, I got to labor. I got things to do. Had did everything that they were doing. Lost his purpose. Why? Because love is your purpose. Right? It's quiet tonight. Right? If we don't want to lose our first love, we don't want to get so much into church that we forget we're into God. And we're into the things of God. And we're into helping people. That's what being into the things of God's about. It's not so you can say, look how God prospered me. Look what the Lord's done for me unless you're doing it to help somebody. Not just so you can have, but so you can have to give. Amen? It's got to be, it's got to be about more than us or it's not about enough. Amen? Without love, anything you do for God has no value because you're not doing it for God. Right? And when we lose our first love, we begin to do things with a works mentality. You begin to come in and do your cleaning team because you have to. It's Thursday. It's like the Dunkin' Donut guy. You've got to make the donuts. You don't got to clean these floors. We get to clean them. That's right. Right? Yes, sir. And when we begin to do things as a works mentality, then we do them for the wrong reason and, and it'll, it'll harden us to the things of God. Right? We don't want to do that. We don't want to get caught up in that stuff at all, do we? No. We want to be soft and pliable. We want to be gentle and kind. We want to love the unlovely, right? We want to love the unthankful. Be kind to the unthankful, right? Pray for those who despitefully use us. How are you going to do that? You've got to walk in the love of God. You've got to, you've got to keep yourself in this first love. You can't lose that love and do the works. Right? You can do works, but you're not going to do His works. Amen? We're not going to lose our love. Right? It's what gives everything that we have in us purpose and value. It's what gives... If you have peace, then you give it through love. Hmm? If you have joy, then you give it through love. Right? Whatever you have in you that God's given, you give it back out in love, through love. Amen? And if you don't, then it's not, 
its, it, its value is nothing. It's nil. Amen? Amen. Okay, now go back to Second Peter. Second Peter. This will change the way you see the Bible. Because so often we read the Bible and we read it for us. And we do want to read it for us, but we want to read it as though it's putting something in us to go through us. Right? It's not just saying, you do this and you'll never fall. And you say, oh great, I'll never fall. No, what he's saying is you'll never fall. People will see you and, and you'll always be up for them. You'll always have strength and courage. You'll, all, you'll never fall. That's not just about you. That's about others. It puts you in a never falling place. You know what people like to, you know who I like to go to? People who have never fallen. Why? Because they're doing it right. And people will come to you if you've never fallen. Amen? I didn't even read the verse, and I'm already in it, aren't I? Second Peter uh, 1. Uh, verse 3 is where we'll start. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Well, I thought He hurt you to get you. Right? <laughs> no, He doesn't. He calls you by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given unto us great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of, in the world caused by its evil desires. So now He tells us how to make this happen. He said, for this reason, make every effort. Throw that to the King James real quick. And besides this, give all diligence. Make every effort. In other words, make sure this happens. Okay? So add to your faith virtue. Add to your virtue knowledge. What's he telling you to do? He's showing you how to, how to get yourself in a place to where you never fall. And a person who is stable is always able to help. Look at the things he's wanting to add to you. They're not selfish gifts. Faith is not a selfish gift. Yes, it'll heal your body. Yes, it'll help somebody else get healed. Amen? Amen. None of the gifts, none of the things that He puts in us are selfish gifts. Virtue is not a selfish gift. Amen? And to virtue, knowledge. Keep going. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. What's He adding to us? What's He adding to us? He's adding to us ability, guys. Why? So that you can live a, a great and peaceful life and quiet and nobody will bug you and everything will just go well for you all the days of your life. That's why He wants you to have all this. You know, we've read it too many times like that. Yes, He wants you to have a good life. But He wants you to have all this so others can have a good life too. Amen? And we add temperance and patience. And we add to patience godliness. And then we go on. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, what? Charity. There's that love word again. And it's the last thing we add. Why? Because it, that's what keeps everything working. None of, nothing else on that list means anything without charity. You won't use it if you don't have love. Right? If you don't use the last one, everything on that list is for you. Yeah, I've got to be kind to my brother or, or God won't be able to bless me. 
right? I, I got to be patient because by faith and patience we inherit all inherit the promise. That's all good and that's scripture. But is that the only reason you want it? Add charity to it and patience helps somebody else. Add, add love to these things and you've now become the Samaritan. You've now become the one that has the goods. You've become the one that walks by and stops. You've become the one that refuses to leave. You've become the one that truly didn't faint. And why didn't you faint? Because you loved them. People who love people don't quit on people. People who love stay by people. People who love go back to the Good Samaritan. Let's see what love does. It's in here. I have it in this verse somewhere. Right here. What did he do? He took care of him. He put him on a donkey. He took him to town. He put him up in the inn. He's probably keeping track of this, right? Because this guy's going to owe him a bunch of money when this whole thing's done, said and done. He's got his bandages, his oil, his wine. He's riding his donkey. There's going to be a bill to pay here. So he better keep up with this, right? No, because that's not what love does. Because he's got love. So all his gifts have value. What? It's not the value that they're worth. It's the value that they're worth to that man. Amen? It's the value that love gave them by stopping and helping. That's what gave them value. Amen? Because they were used for what they were given for. Amen? When we use our faith only for us, then it'll never reach its true potential. Right? That's Right? When, you use, when, when your faith is only about you, then you'll never see what God truly had for you to do. Amen? But when you walk in love and when you use the gifts in love, then you begin to give your donkey, you begin to give your, your goods, and then you take them and you put them up and you're not writing any of it down. You're not even thinking about it. Why? You're helping. Right? You're helping. And why aren't you thinking about it? Are you going to go home afterwards and say, Oh, man. That was a lot of money I used up today. Now, how am I going to get that back? No, because you're serving God and you're serving in love. And you know in doing that, He'll always take care of you. That's what He does. He takes care of His people. He takes care of those who love. Amen? He gives us ability and and He keeps us provided with what our ability will do. If you're not doing anything with your ability, you don't need provision. If you're the priest or the Levite, you don't need bandages, you don't need wine, you don't need oil. Why? Because you ain't using it. Right? right? But, if, but if you're the Samaritan, you, he keep you stocked up with that stuff. Why? Because you're going to use it. You never run out of the things you'll, you'll, you'll use for God. Right? So if you're out of money, I'm going to the next verse. <laughs> What are you out of? Where'd you use it? He took him and he took him to the inn and he put him up and he stayed the night with him. People say, well, it was probably late. No, he stayed the night with him and took care of him. People say, boy, that's just too far. You know what? I've thought that very same thing. I remember sitting in a hospital room at three and four in the morning thinking, thank you, Lord, for letting me do this. And thank you for changing my vision to where I could. Because I see 
the value in loving people. Amen? And so he stayed the night with him. And on the, on the morrow he departed and he took out two pence and he gave them to the host and he said unto him, Take care of him and whatsoever he spends, keep track of it and give him a bill. No. 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 He just kept going. Why? Because love completes the job. It never quits on you. Love does not quit. It goes the full distance. It stays to the very end. And when you're out, then you're then it's then that's when it's pleased. Why? Because it always gets victory. Amen. It never fails. Love never fails. It doesn't run out right before the last bill comes in. It doesn't run out right at the end where the guy he says, you know what? I'd like to pay for this guy's stuff, but now I'm out. No, it goes the full distance. It takes care of the whole situation. It's like Jesus. What didn't He accomplish for you? He accomplished everything. That's exactly right because that's what love does. He didn't stop and say, okay, the cross is it. I ain't going to hell. No, He didn't stop. He went to the deepest part of the earth for me so I didn't have to. Amen? Amen? Why? He he accomplished everything. And and when he left, he said, anything else they owe, I've already taken care of it. If they if if they come up with another bill, call it paid. Why? It's what love does. It's what love does. And this man, he didn't walk around him. He didn't walk but he didn't he he went to him, he took him, he loved him, he fixed him, he did everything he needed to do. And he, he gave him a vision of who God truly is. And he never probably even talked to him much. Wow, now there's a novel idea. Huh? Well, how am I going to teach him if I can't talk to him? Shutting up's probably one of the best ways most of the time. Right? What do they say? Preach the gospel whenever necessary, or as often as possible. Use words when necessary. Right? This man preached the gospel and never said a word. And he showed the love of God to somebody hurting. We can do that. We can do. It's what Jesus did. Right? While we were yet sinners, while we were His enemy, He died for us. He gave His life for us. Amen? And cleansed us. And, and, and cleansed us. He poured in the oil and the wine. And He gave us everything we needed for life and godliness. And he, and, he, and he told us to add these things to us. And that if we possess these qualities, back in Second Peter, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, What's he saying? You cannot sit back and expect this to, to just grow on you. You have to increase in these areas. And if you'll increase in these qualities every day, then you won't become an unproductive Christian. You won't find yourself complaining about the boy on the, on the roller skates or on the skateboard. You won't find yourself yelling at the person that takes your parking place. You'll find yourself praying for them. Amen? You won't look at the person on the side of the road and say, man, the cops ought to just pick him up now. 
I know you guys didn't say that, but I did. I've said stupid things just like that. Why? Because I'm not walking in love when I say it. What should I be saying? Lord, you brought that person across my path today. I pray for opportunity after opportunity for him to see the love of God and be saved. Why? Because he, why? Because he, can't, he brought him across my path. If I can do nothing else, I can pray for him. Amen? But you've got to see differently than what you see. You can either see a criminal or you can see somebody who needs the love of God. Amen? We've got to begin to see the way Jesus saw. We've got to see people helpless and harassed like sheep without a shepherd and know that we have in us the ability to help them at all times, that the love of God working in us and through us has great ability and will help them no matter what they're going through. And you, and you won't say, well, yeah, but that could put me in danger if I get in somebody with somebody like that. If God leads you to them, you'll be okay. Amen? If, if He puts you there, He can keep you there. Amen. You reckon Paul was in danger when he was in jail? Hmm? God will take care of us. If He leads you somewhere, we can't find excuses to not help. Am I right? Because we have everything in us to help. If we'll love, we'll never be selfish. But if you're selfish, you'll never love. Amen? If we become selfish with the things of God, it becomes religion, right? But if we use the things of God with the love He puts in us, then they become powerful and life-changing and transforming. And they'll take somebody out of the ditch to the the end and and help them and fix them and take care of them and, and, and leave them with no bills. They owe nothing. They're just better. Is that who we want to be? We want to be that person. But we've got to change our vision. And we got to, by changing our vision of them, we'll change their vision of God. Amen? Can you guys do that? So I want to do it. I don't, I'm tired of people leaving Jesus out and thinking God's bad. I want, I want to show the love of God. Amen? I might even mow somebody's yard if I had to. <laughs> God had graced me to do it, I guess. Amen? That's who we are. We can become all things to all people. And by all means, we'll win some. Amen? Glory to God. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. I know this is a little different tonight, but I think the Lord's helping us. I think the Lord's helping us lots. I don't don't believe that... uh, we, we want to be uh, pew sitters, huh? Or, or seat sitters in our case. Amen? Right? No, I won't say that, honey. <laughs> Do we? We don't want to become pew sitters. We don't want to become people that sit back and get full of the Word. You know, as Brother Moore says, tape listeners and tongue talkers and meeting goers. And you know what? Without love, that, it don't matter if you're any of those things. But with love, everything He puts in us, in those meetings, in those CDs, in everything we do, then we become valuable to the kingdom of God and a danger to the devil. Amen? And that's what we want to be. Glory to God. You guys got a song?
ください。